Hey firecrackers, it's Naomi and welcome to the firecracker department. Okay, this past Sunday's script department reading was like next level incredible. These script department readings are always awesome. I love hearing the discussion about people's scripts. I love seeing people ignited with inspiration uh, from reading and talking about their work. It's awesome. And this event was no exception. We started with a queer short film that's going to camera in a few weeks. Yeah, it was written by Lane Michael Stanley and Firecracker Corps member and awesome person, Rebecca Marquardt. It's absolutely my kind of jam because it's got like funny and it's touching and oh my gosh, so many people that were there at the reading were like, oh my heart got so emotional. And then if that wasn't emotional enough for everybody, boom, second script made us feel things again same sort of thing but just different in so many different ways and again fantastic our second script a south asian family comedy series written by anna sani and they honestly had us all laughing and crying and it was just fantastic i'm not even biased i'm not it's an absolute certainty that these two scripts are just gems of scripts and I just cannot wait to see what happens to them. Everyone had a fantastic time. The cast was beautiful. The writers were engaged and engaging. And then we had like a great audience that came in to discuss this script. It was just, it's really one of my favorite things. Check out our socials at firecrackerdept and see the pictures from that event. But also, don't forget, you probably have a script simmering somewhere and you might want to submit that to our script department for our next reading, which is going to be in October. So make sure you submit before or after if you don't want to do the October deadline. But if you're looking for October, I mean, you've got time. And if you're looking for a place to work on your script, some, you know, accountability maybe or a place to workshop it and hear people's thoughts about what you've written, we got you. We got you at the firecracker department. We've also got our virtual Firecracker Sunday brunch and Thursday writing burst sessions every week. And then we also have script consultations every month with the one and only Liesl Lafferty. I mean, we have something for everyone. If you're looking for motivation, if you're looking for like somebody just give you a little nudge in the creative direction, we got you. And speaking of Firecracker writing department, I've got a little shout out from one of the Firecrackers in our community who is a big fan of another community member. Here it is. Hey Firecrackers, my name is Shelley Janzi and I'm an actor based in Vancouver. I want to give a big Firecracker shout out to Anne-Marie Krejciak. I met her over a year ago in the Thursday Writing Burst sessions that Firecrackers put on and I have just met a beautiful creative soul. She is talented in her writing she writes plays, she writes monologues, she does theater, and she's very active in her community. On Instagram, her handle is It's Anne Marie K. And every Monday on her Instagram handle, she reads one of the monologues she's written. She's a beautiful person, and I love her to bits, even though I've never met her, just virtually. But I think in these days, that's enough. Oh, thank you both. Emery is a longtime absolute firecracker and finalist for our very first firecracker writing department short story challenge. Or you can also follow her on Instagram at amkdoesamk, where Anne-Marie does acapella music clash-ups. Yes! Next video drops early August, so truly, just get on this. 
And of course, you can find out all the information about Anne-Marie at her website, www.anne-marie.com. So make sure you check her out. Check out her short story that made her a finalist in our short story challenge and get some Anne-Marie in your life. I'll also take this moment to shout out the winner of our short story challenge, Amy Maltman. Amy wrote a beautiful, touching, heart-wrecking short story. And we're gonna have that on our website so you can read her short story as well as all the finalists. And stay tuned, if you're a short story writer, we're gonna have more of these challenges from the writing department. So make sure you subscribe to our newsletter to be the first to know you know, www.firecrackerdepartment.com and subscribe. Okay, now our guest on the show this week is actor, producer, writer, certified Reiki healer, Firecracker Corps member, and one of my favorite people and favorite friends in the world, Emily Churchill. And FYTRI, Emily also just so happens to be a creator, also featured on Real Women's Network. Gosh, Ems, when I met Ems, I just fell in love with her in an instant, in an instant. I cannot imagine my life without Emily Churchill in it. And I know when you listen to this podcast and see her funny, funny work online, you are gonna agree with me. You are gonna wanna text me or you're gonna wanna tweet at me, Instagram me, something at me and say, hey, listen to Emily Churchill. Boy, you were right. She's one of my favorite people now. But honestly, I mean, these firecracker connections are so beautifully organic and uplifting, it's just, it's just the best. It's the best part of a really huge, amazing sort of Venn diagram where like your world crosses over with Firecracker World and then there's this spark where they overlap. It's pretty, pretty exciting. So now, Emily Churchill has trained and performed at Second City Chicago and Hollywood, UCB LA and the Comedy Central stage. She's been a writer and performer for groups and troops and her series Friends on a Bench with the amazing Jill Carty, featured in a recent Firecracker shout out, by the way, was also featured in LA Holly Shorts, plus the Chicago Comedy Festival and the Austin Comedy Film Festival. Now, Emily's been on your screens, so you will absolutely recognize, if not her face, her beautiful, fun voice, which you can now find on Disney Plus, of course. Em's also done a ton of animation work and voiceover work, plus national commercial campaigns, including a beautiful moment in a purple bodysuit as the flea for Semperica. Now, her most recent short film is one that we actually, get a load of this, we actually did together. It's called Stark Raving Actress, and I leapt. I leapt at the opportunity to share some screen time with Emily Churchill. Her fantastic, kind, funny husband, Sean George, uh, directed it, and it was just a treat. Um, honestly, any chance I get to hang out with Emily, I've said this to her, and I'll say it again and again, it's a treat. It's the best. It's just like, uh, she just infuses joy and love and light into everything. And she's just, um, yeah, just a real, a real person. I also love how if things are going wonky in my life, I can text Emily and she'll give me like the lowdown of where the full moon's at and where my astrological sign is at and she'll just lay it out for me and uh, I love that aspect of her too. Okay, before I talk any more about Emily Churchill and how fantastic she is, I'm gonna let you just experience it for yourself. So let's get into this gorgeous, generous, gifted actor, producer, oh, love, light, all of the stuff. It's my friend, Emily Churchill. But you just came <laughs> back from like an epic journey and like, I want to hear about that too. How, how's your family right now? 
to be honest, I'm going to say it. It went a lot better than I thought. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, it was, you know, I hadn't seen my father in two years and um, that more than two years. um, And, you know, the Corona, the pandemic hit and it's like he went into um, an assisted living at the same time and I couldn't get to him until now. Um, because I've been vaccinated and, um, I felt better about going there mm-hmm. once I've yeah. been vaccinated, but yeah, he, we went and Father's Day, we had a Father's Day celebration. Um, yeah, he didn't say anything about my appearance, which I was very scared. I was like, Oh God, he's going to say, man, you really packed it on, you know? Um, and I'm like, ah. so I was like prepared. I had my sea salt scrub with me and I was like, okay, so I'm just going to sea salt scrub it every night. Just going to let it go. And, um, but no, it was great. And yeah, um, yeah I had a, it was surprisingly. I love good. that. I love <laughs> it. I know. Cause you were sort of like, you had trepidation leading up to it. And, yeah. uh, and you know, it's like these interviews, these chats, I don't even think they're interviews, these chats that we're having, like with the core firecracker members like you are such an interesting balance in my brain, because I, I know, I feel like there's like a before firecracker time and after firecracker mm-hmm. time. And I knew you after but before I was like, like, I only knew you as like super funny lady, like that was involved with Second City and wrote their own like one person shows and like created like, that's what my vision is of the future or the past. And then, oh gosh, where do I start? So like, where do you think this is what I know about you for sure, whether it's before firecrack department or after firecrack department, you're a self-starter. You're somebody that's like, I got to create stuff. I got to do my own one person shows. I got to make my own web series. Where, where did that come from with you? I don't know. I'm going to be really honest. I don't, yeah, I don't see myself as a self-starter, but you say Oh, sorry, didn't you produce like Star Braving (laughs) Actress? Sorry, I just want to make sure I'm clear about your credits. (laughs) Didn't you write a one person show? Sorry. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. True, and I never thought of myself like that. I'm always, it's not so much like I'm, I'm like, oh, I have to do this. It was more of like my one woman show. I just I went through an awful situation and it was my own doing. I drank six vodka sodas, no vodka water, which gets you more drunk than if you have soda. And um, it was an awful experience. And I was like, perfect time to write a show. Wait a <laughs> so second, I- you drank six vodkas and that inspired the show? It sure did. Yeah. That's tell, me. tell me what happened. Well, <laughs> Wait, uh, okay. There's so many oh questions. God. Yes. Go lot. on. No, because I also know <laughs> that. Yes. I want to hear all about it. Cause I also know you performed this one person show, I think in front of your family and it was. Yes. And in front anyway. of my husband. Okay. okay go okay. back. I yeah. want to know how it started. Well, so I, I had a, a one woman show in Chicago called Dolores Dogan. I did not write it. Um, it was written by Court, uh, Courtney Shaughnessy, who's amazing. Um, and I have to say, when I auditioned for that, it was like, it was like me at six or eight or however. I was like, oh, this is perfect. And so when we met, it was like, oh my God, um, we're so, we love each other so much. Um, we're so copacetic. I mean, at least that's how I felt. Poor Courtney's probably like, what? <laughs> no, I, I did a fact check. She felt the exact same right. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Courtney. Um, and so I, I brought that show out here um, when I moved to LA because I was like, well, people need to know me. Um, and so that went well, but I've always wanted to write my own. And 
I had been piecing together, uh, uh, let me think, scenes, but I didn't mm -hmm. think of it as a show. So the JBJ, John Bon Jovi. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I have let's always- get that, Let's get that out of the way fast. So, because I know that's gonna come Thank up you. a lot in this discussion. <laughs> and people are like, who's JBJ? And no, I have to take so a second. I'm like, are you serious? No. Okay, John Bon Jovi. John Francis Bon Jovi, but that's fine. It's in, this, it's in the show. Um, and so I'd written my JBJ thing because I remember when I was eight, like seeing it for the first time, living on a prayer. And I just wrote that, right? And so that's been in my thing for a while. And then I dated women for um, eight years and that was heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. So I wrote that and I even made her come to that little snippet. Of course, I'm like, what is with me? It's like, <laughs> it's so, so I don't know what it is. But I'm like, you better come because it's about you. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> there's nothing that's going to get an audience member in a seat faster than saying it's about you. It's so true. <laughs> but she, you know, I think she loved it. Oh, Lord, who knows? Um, I did a fact and, check. She did. Oh, thank gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it's like, you know, and I know everyone has a, a coup, like things happen in your life. You're like, are you kidding me? This is for real. But I kid you not, I lived with a pathological liar and she told me that I was, she told me that I was conversing with um, a San Francisco Giants baseball player and I thought he was so cute. And so I literally thought I was in a relationship with a pro baseball player who I've never met. So that's in there, no big deal. It's fine, we got through that. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then the last, the, so the thing that really sparked it and I actually told him to come to the show too. I was like, you have to come to the show because you're, you prompted this whole sitch. Um, it was the first guy I'd been with in a long time at this little Mexican canteen. It was great. And I, I got so wasted. I was so wasted. <laughs> and um, I was on my period. This is in the show, so it's fine. We're going to just talk through it. Um, and, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, we had relations. You sure. know, and he—he he was. I don't think you're not allowed to talk about you having sex with this person, but you're allowed to talk about everything else, and you want to call it "quote unquote" relations. <laughs> That's where you're getting dainty. All right, go on in. I see that now. I, I well, because right. you know, whenever I make out with them, uh, anybody, I'm like, you know, I'm a lady, because I just wanted to—I just want them to know whatever happens. Just know I am a lady. Right. Okay. Yeah, treat um, me like a lady. I get it. <laughs> like so true. Um, and so. So we had situations, relations, and he put a towel down. It was very sweet. You know, he was doing his thing. And um, fast forward, a lot of things happen, but fast forward to where he's eating a steak in the midst of our rendezvous. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, he has a little towel around his waist. And I, for some reason, I'm wasted. Everybody, I'm wasted. And I'm like, you better fuck me right now. And, um, and he's like, I can't, I'm eating. And I'm like, I just start grabbing things and putting them in my bag. I'm like, you're an asshole, you know? And I'm like, oh, so all this happens, okay? I have no idea. It, when I wake up in the morning, I stay the night, of course, and like a lady, you know? Um, and <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, oh, hi, do you want to book up breakfast? And you know, you can tell there's a distance, but you yeah. don't understand why there's a distance. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. That's what happened. And um, later, I don't know if it was later that day or the day after we talked and he told me exactly what happened. 
well, at the time I cried, you know, at the time sure. it hurt me, but then I got to writing, I'm like, well, this is a story. So I wrote this story oh of it gosh. and I put it all together. And that's the love story of M. Churchill. I mean, well, I mean, some people will drink seven vodkas and go to sleep and for a week. And you, I mean, you went to sleep, woke up and wrote a show. <laughs> yes, different, that's true. Different strategies. Yeah. So, okay, so you obviously get sparked by different things to create. That's what that story tells me. Um, I, I know that people are missing out that haven't seen that one person show because I feel like it's there's more stories to tell in there. But here's the thing, Em's like, was this always in your plan? Like to be a creator, to be a writer, to be a comedian? Was this always like, I know that you've got, also you've got like very, a lot of hats that you wear, right? You do taxes. You're yeah. a healer. You're a comedian. Yeah. You're a creator. Like, was this always in the plan? No. <laughs> no. What did you think? What did you think? Like young little M Churchill growing up, yeah. mm -hmm. dreaming about becoming a what? Well, I always, I always knew I was going to be an actor, but my, and I didn't know what else. I just was like, I'm supposed to be an actor. Um, and my parents, uh, they're central Illinois court, you know, they don't, there's not really much more than just get a job and get a house and, you know, do that. And so I didn't really have their um, support and that's mm -hmm. okay. I, I plowed through that, right? I was like, <laughs> if you ain't on board, well, I'm going, you know, yeah. you have, have fun. Do you remember that moment that you were like, oh, I'm not going to get my cheerleading from these folks. I have to seek it elsewhere. Yes. I, I think when I was getting ready to go to college, because I, once I play the flute, uh -huh, I was very, I, of course I did. I mean, yeah. um, and I was kind of a big honcho okay. in Central Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anybody bragging about playing the flute in Central Illinois, but I'll take it and I'll run away. <laughs> Keep going. I'm here for it all, my friend. going to be a band teacher um because I I learned the flute I was learning piano um and I had been in like music theory they had my own class in high school because I, I was I was like I need to learn this and so they're like okay oh honey I I don't know what I had so much confidence in high school like I quit the basketball team and I was on varsity since a freshman right because I was a baller yeah and um I quit my senior year because I didn't like how things were run and I'm like, so okay. speaking of ballers, so speaking of ballsy, oh my gosh, right? So yeah, and so I just, I just was like, well, you should do this. I mean, I even quit the play because they cast me in a part that wasn't big enough. I was like, I'm sorry, I, I can't, wow. I can't do this part. Now yeah. I'm like, two lines, okay, you know. <laughs> I was planning on being a music teacher, and I, I, because um, you have to audition. I auditioned at the U of I and the ISU, which is all Illinois um, schools. And my parents were not going to let me, when I say my parents, I'm talking about my dad and my dad's fourth wife. So we're not, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a yeah. good, it's a good. I want to, I want to come back to that, but I want to hear this story first. Cause I don't know anybody that's had as many moms as you have. So that needs to be. Need to oh, it's but a journey. On. So go on. She, he's on your, his fourth wife. <laughs> and they're like you're not going out of state you're not going to go to a fine arts school because you need a degree that's going to pay the bills okay and so I'm like all right I'll be a band teacher and so I auditioned and I got into ISU um I was going to be in the marching band and all I had everything prepared and a week before my dad and his fourth wife broke up 
that's another story. Um, and I remember sitting at Damon's, it's a rib place in Springfield, we're sitting eating some ribs, and um, my dad's like, you know, band teachers don't make a lot of money. You should get a, farm, a marketing pharmaceutical degree. And I'm like, of course, he has, no, he has no idea. He's never been to college. I'm like, sure. So I literally call up ISU and I'm like, I'm going to change my major to marketing. I'm not kidding. What? A week before school. Um, and I did. And then when I got to ISU, I went to the acting, the theater department, went to the acting coach or the head of acting. And I'm like, here's the thing. I'm an actor. But my parents are making me get a marketing degree. Yeah. How can I get what I need without them, you know, knowing, you know? Yeah. And um, <laughs> and so I did. I took most a lot of theater classes. I was in the theater shows. I was the marketing head of Shakespeare uh, marketing, um, Shakespeare Festival. Wow. And so, like, when I graduated, theater the theater department thought I was a theater major, and uh, went on up to Chicago. Right. Wow. <laughs> But I, I think I knew about the marketing chapter in your life, but did you like, I mean, I also know that you're in the world of healers. So you would assume, I would assume you would assume <laughs> that, that it's all perfect, right? The fact that you changed your major at the last minute was actually perfect. Now looking back, yes. But I mean, I got into my healing about a year yeah. or two ago. The pandemic really kind of sprung me in and I was just like, I need to help people. So I just started it. Um, but yeah, at that moment, I didn't think that way. But now looking back, I'm like, you're probably yeah. right. <laughs> well, yeah. what did you think? What did you think that you gained from that choice? If you had gone into the band world as opposed to marketing, what do you think you gained from the marketing world? I'm really glad I did because, and I also am thankful for my, ta like, uh, my tax work too, because I have a different uh, brain about the industry, meaning right. a lot of my theater that just got theater degrees, they don't understand how to market themselves, mm -hmm. how to, you know, how to even run a checkbook or whatnot, or how to understand money. And so I am thankful because I feel like I got the marketing knowledge that I needed, but I also got my creative too. And yeah. I think that helped. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And, but now how did like tax work? It's yeah. not called tax, it's called accounting. <laughs> Isn't that fun? What, no, I have no idea. The tax work that you do. How did that come into play? Because, okay, this is the thing I know about you, Ems, is that when we met, and I remember yeah. this, like specifically, I remember sitting at home restaurant um, in Los Feliz, Los Angeles, and yes. you started telling me, and you were like, so what I do is uh, I do accounting. I'm, I do tax account. And I was like, what? Who, how is this wild woman, glowing, wild, sparkly person sitting at a desk crunching numbers? I don't understand that disconnect. I don't get it. Explain I don't either. <laughs> well, nobody really understands it. We still, nobody understands why your email has anything to do with taxes in it. And uh, the day you get rid of that will be a glorious day. But tell me how that, tell me how that uh, infiltrated in your journey. Yeah. Um, well, so I moved to LA. We won't, we won't do days, you know, years. Sure. Nobody's talking about days or years. <laughs> <laughs> um and I got a job at BJ's no kidding that's the chain restaurant BJ's yeah. with the pazookies and um and I I was waiting tables uh because I waited tables at Ed DeBevick's in Chicago um you know since I when I moved up there and, and when I left so I was there the whole time at DeBevick's and um so I BJ's I've been a server for a while and one of the bus boys 
Ernie, Ernie Charles, came up to me and he's like, hey, you have a marketing degree. Do you want to do taxes? Sure. Okay. Right. You know, I have no idea. So I'm like, sure. And so I meet with his boss, David Rogers, who is, you know, was my boss until he retired. And um, he put me through, because um, you have to be certified in California to do yeah. taxes. Yep. So I did, um, I did the testing there and I got certified. And then about three years later, I got my enrolled agent license, which that's through the IRS, because I was like, well, people weren't taking me seriously and I'm not going to get a CPA because I'm like, I just want to do taxes. And so an EA is on the equivalent of a CPA, but for taxes. And so I did that. I did the training at UCLA and then I took the tests and um, I passed it. And so, and I just have to do that every year, but um, I like it because it's something that takes me uh, into um, one plus one equals two. Right. Right. And, and being in the industry, you just, you put so yeah. much into stuff that sometimes you don't see anything out. So yeah. one plus one equals fish in the industry, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but like when you were studying accounting, were you like, "Oh, this is so fun! I find this so satisfying," or were you like, "I gotta get back! I gotta get back"? Well, I've been—I was acting the whole time, so it never. That is the one thing that I think the reason I have been doing taxes. It took me out of waitressing, which thank gosh because my arms were not that I could tell. I was like, I'm not gonna be able to serve that much longer, right? Right. Um, and so <laughs> your arms were getting like over, over oh, honey, I worked at Jerry's Deli in Studio City in those matzo ball soups. Oh, my heavens. My, my wrist were like, girl, we ain't doing this much longer. And I was like, oh, <laughs> get it to the table, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> but you're so but, like, this is yeah. the thing. Like, you're so effortlessly funny, Ems. Like, you're easily one of the funniest people I know. So to put you in a, a trajectory that is like accounting seems so oil and water to me. And could you not see that? Could you not feel it? Yes. Um, and, but I also know that I'm different than mostly anybody else. Yes. I'll give you that. So there's that. And, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, uh, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I have a really good brain for this stuff. I don't know if math is, I love math. So I'm like, cool. Um, and also I do entertainment taxes. And so as you, you know, being in the entertainment industry, you realize most people don't understand their income or how to even right. do taxes for entertainers. So that's what I've done for the last 10 years, but I do realize I, I, I had to let go of some clients this year and I'm having to continue to do that because I have too much other work that is what I really want to do. And so I'm actually coming up, of course, oh gosh, here you're gonna say, uh, of course you are. Um, I'm coming up with a course that people can take that's all about the stuff that I say constantly every day. Like right. you know, the questions that I get, I'm gonna do a course on, you know, it'll be fun, but we're gonna talk about taxes and you're gonna understand at the end of it what to do. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'd rather learn about taxes from you than anybody else. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, that makes me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I also know that doing the taxes taxes you. Yes. It yes. really does a number on you. Is that when you started to like get into like healing to make sure that you were staying on track with your own like mental health and I don't know, spirituality oh. and things like that? Now that seems uh, like that sounds great but no I did not do that <laughs> that sounds what, like what I should have done when I um, write the story of your life Ems, that's what I'm gonna write 
that's how it's gonna be but but just for fact checking how did it actually happen so it happened that I my dad has Parkinson's disease um and he has a heart monitor and the reason I'm telling you this is this is how I got started in Reiki because um uh, and this whole time I'm auditioning, I'm doing great acting wise, but I, for some reason I'm like, oh, I should put more on my plate. Cause that's what we should do. Yeah. Um, and so I took classes on Reiki. I got attuned for Reiki. Um, and so they, it's a Reiki master, but I don't like that word, a Reiki healer. Um, and, um, my dad, I can't do it on my dad. I learned this after I got certified because he has a heart monitor. And so if you have a heart monitor or a diabetic pump, it will, you can't do a Reiki on them because it, it recalibrates cells and it's just not good. And so the initial reason I went in was the reason I couldn't do that. So right. I just started help healing people, especially in the industry, because we, I feel like we're always so in our head of like, oh God, what do I have to do? What do I need to do? Um, and then mm -hmm. when the pandemic hit, I was just like, babe, we got to do meditations. Get me set up because mm -hmm. I, you know, um, and that's what's happened. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, did you discover that you have like a um, like an intuitive dis intuitive skill with that? I've always joked that I'm psychic, like even when I was younger. But I, I really am psychic, which is I know it sounds intuitive. I would say intuitive. Um, so I've always had it, but I didn't really embrace it until I started doing Reiki, and then I realized, oh, I'm getting. Like while I'm doing the Reiki, they all I, I could get messages, and when I told the people what I was getting, they're like, "Oh, that's oh, that helps me so much." Mm -hmm. And so I come at it from a, a helping place. Like, if you need some answers, let's see if I can get them. Right? It's mm -hmm. I don't I don't feel like um, I have the end all be all. Nobody does. And so I'm just trying to help people on their journey, I guess. It, it's interesting though, Ems, because like if you look at all the different hats that you wear, they're all helpers like you're I know that you do taxes for folks not because you're like I'm making money you're doing it because you're like let me help you it's not that scary and then healing like I've been to a ton of your workshops and they're all not only are they very insightful and um supportive but they're super fun like they're Emily Churchill fun and then comedy like you're just you're like helping in three different prongs oh. you ever see it like that Am I just like rocking this for my- You're rocking my world. <laughs> like, whoa, I feel great. Yeah, it's the uh, <laughs> Lifetime movie about your life that I'm writing, Ems. And uh, it's all coming into focus. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, yeah, and you know, I have always, I will say this, I haven't really thought about it this way, but acting, I've always thought that I'm doing it so people, that I can heal people more, the more they see me. And that really happened when I first came to LA and I booked a honey, uh, was it Honey Nut Cheerios? Yes. First, first commercial in LA, Honey Nut Cheerios. And my friend was an EMT in Joliet and from high school, right? And um, my commercial was running. I think my, I don't know if there were other commercials. Anyway, he had someone, he had a lady in his, um, in an ambulance that was having a heart attack. And my commercial came on and the, and I'm getting chills. I think this is what sparked all of it because the lady was having a heart attack and my friend was trying to calm her down and she looked up and saw me and she's like, Oh my gosh, I love that little redhead. Little, isn't that cute? I love that little redhead. And at that point he started talking to her. He's like, Oh, I know her. 
we went to high school together and you know it calmed yeah. her down enough to where they could help her um and just from that i was like that's why i'm doing this i yeah. want you know what i mean like to have somebody say that and be able to talk about it that's why i want to do that's why i want to be more prominent in the acting world because i would just want to show my light which that sounds so conceited but i'm i'm just like well, i hope i hope why i not? Do. <laughs> Oh, no. You're pretty bright. Oh, good. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Gosh, anybody who gets to like bask in a little bit of Emily Churchill light is uh, better off for it. Oh, thank for you. Sure. That's so sweet. Um, um, I, I, I totally understand that. Like, I, I remember thinking with Second City, like, no, before oh, yeah. Second City, I was like, I got to do something like purposeful in life. Like, so that idea is like work for a charity or like save the world or something. And then I realized, um, how much energy and positivity and joy people get from what we're doing in comedy that I'm like, that's okay. That that's enough. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do surgery, but maybe I can like make that doctor laugh for a night and she'll heal somebody the next day. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's passed yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. So now, so focusing on your acting career, like, how do you, like, where are you now with your acting role? Cause I know you're, you are like, you are such a self-starter, as I said before, like with the the film that you and I did, the Stark Raving Actress, but also with Friends on a Bench. And um, how do you, where do you put all these things now? Cause they're very, like, it's, it's interesting. Cause they're very, to me, they're very different. Like there's yeah. not really like a time where you'll be like, I'm doing a one person show about meditating while you're doing taxes, but I would pay to see that. You know, I'm, you know, that's in the bank, right? Like I, my friend, I'm interested. I'd like to invest. Yeah, so that is uh, in the in the bank here. Um, uh, <laughs> healing tax uh, uh, show with mm -hmm. M. Churchill. We'll see what happens. Um, no, I mean I uh, I have been very fortunate that um, my acting I feel like is the most, which this is going to sound kooky, is the most consistent throughout it all. Yeah. Because right, like. And I think that we have a, what people need. Mm. And so that's going to keep us working. That's how I feel. And so I have been very fortunate to consistently work mainly commercials is my bread and butter, um, but voiceover and TV. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I'm on, the, I'm on the right path. I just need to book that big one so we can get a house, you know, housing yeah. is woo. <laughs> tough, tough crowd. Uh, yeah. And I do have to say, I watched um, some clips of you on Will and Grace that you were oh. just so funny, oh, so funny. adorable. But it's also like you have the ability, okay, that, and then you have the ability to do something that, um, I don't know, like like not broad in a negative sense, but like oh, a yeah. big character, right? And also fun. And you, you know, I don't know how many lines you had, but you capture an audience. And I'm like, I want to know more about that lady at the, <laughs> the, at the uh, bridal or baby shower. But then you turn around and you're this, person who speaks Russian on CSI what the hell what that's funny that's funny um that was but a criminal mind equally, oh but oh criminal mind criminal mind sorry so you're this <laughs> you're this Russian speaker on criminal minds and both work for me like this is oh, what I'm good. saying like both I completely believe like I don't think I watched that character on criminal minds thinking like mm, she belongs in a baby shower well, can we take it back for a second? Please. The Will and Grace situation. Did did you know how I'm taller than everyone, right? You're I'm very already, tall. 
I'm already a big girl. They put a belly on me and they put me in heels. And I told that customer, I was like, girl, you don't want to put me in heels because I'm already bigger than everybody. She did. Oh my God, I look like a giant. I'm like, woo, woo. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, are you okay with that though? Like, like, I mean, let's take a little diversion. We'll come back to criminal minds in a second. But like, I personally go, that's just, that's Emily Churchill and her power. Are you okay with being the tallest on set? I mean, I think I, I, I think I just always have been. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I'm used to it, but um, I mean, I was fine. And I, when I was on set, I was like, well, I'm just going to do this. But I do have to say at the time I was like, please don't like, cause you, I also am aware of how I, who I am and how I look that I'm like, that ain't going to work, honey. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. like, um, but yes, I'm fine. Once I mean, you put me in, yeah. Worked beautifully. Like there's absolutely no reason why, like I, yeah. I loved it. Okay, so then switching over to Criminal Minds, I just need a little bit of insight about that experience. Um, well, Babe and I, had, Sean and I had just gotten together and he, um, and he's a director and he was helping me with the scene and I got coaching and I learned the Russian. I just learned those lines, right? That so blows my mind. But honey, I, I'm going to tell you true. I think in the audition, I did the first part Russian because there's two part and I did the second part in English. So that's another thing. Like if you are in an audition, go with what you, what your gut is telling you. And my gut was telling me just do the English on that. You're going to be mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. um, and I booked it. And I have to say there were other actors auditioning who people know. And I was like, Oh, there's no way I'm going to get it. You know? Mm -hmm. But I did, and I will tell you, if you see that scene and you see me lift up that bed, yeah. girl, that, that was heavy. That was a heavy bed. Talk about and doing I, some heavy lifting, right? <laughs> but it just is effortless. Like, um, like what, do you, what, do you, what do you wanna do? Like, I know, like, it's, it's inevitable. You'll, be, you'll have your own show. People will adore you from all over the world. But what, what's your kind of thing? What's your trajectory that you're like, this is what I would really get my teeth into? To be honest, I think just being friends um, or, you know, just the comic, comic relief, which is what I've done my whole life, that I'm comfortable with that. I think just having more opportunities to do that is what mm -hmm. I am looking for. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just to make people laugh yeah. or make people feel, you know, I know, you know, we have so many emotions like laughing, laughing, enlighten or um, uplifts people so much, but I also want them to think too. Like, so I guess any, oh, I, oof, that's a tough question. Yeah, no, it's not easy. I'm not, this isn't <laughs> easy. I didn't, did you think this was supposed to be easy? Come I on. know, I, ooh, I wasn't <laughs> thinking. <laughs> but I mean, and also like our careers aren't easy and Mm -hmm. And so like you have like this accounting work and the healing work, I'm going to put it in quotes to fall back on, which is odd because they're both full-time careers if you wanted them to be. Right. But like, how do you, I don't know, like, how do you, how do you keep going? How do you like keep pursuing with the eye on the prize kind of thing? <laughs> um, learning. I've learned a lot on my okay. journey. <laughs> um, and I think, uh, you know, in my 20s, I was like, well, I'm going to have an Oscar by 35. And then you get to, in your 30s, you're like, I don't think that's going to happen right yet, you know? And so you just keep, like, changing the numbers. You're like, maybe by 40. And then you're like, cool. And then you, you just, 
just keep moving the moving the the button. But I think also just knowing that what's supposed to happen will happen and trusting that instead of being mad at yourself that you didn't get something or thinking that you did something wrong. Because when it comes down to it, it's really all about the, and I'm getting shells. It's all about the feeling. And I feel like being on the other side of that, sometimes you can see that, right? Like someone can be so awesome, but if they're not the right feel or they're not the right look, and, and because it is a visual, you know, we, there's a visual part to, to the art, yeah. that's why they didn't get cast. And so being on the other side helps me think it's going to happen. You just, it, it is happening and it's going to continue to happen. You just got to trust that those roles are coming to you in the right timing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's hard. It's not easy. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's a muscle constantly, right? That like yeah. you sort of make the choice to keep going. You make the choice to pursue it. Um, and the thing about like, you know, I always think it's interesting because you like people say, oh, I want to get an Oscar by the time. And then you'll be like, well, what steps am I taking? Or am I just thinking it's just going to arrive on my lap? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and you're working hard. Like you're stepping into like roles as the producer too with your the film the star graving actress oh. film which was an, like such a well-produced film not only was oh, it super you. fun to be in with you guys, <laughs> and, thank you but uh yeah it's a lot yeah so and so with, where you are now in your career is this okay. what you imagined like when you were younger like is this like in this time in my life this is what I would be doing Oh no, I thought I'd have a house by now. Let's get real. House with a pool, a spool. I'm going to get a spool because it's a little one and you can yeah. do a regular pool or a hot tub. And I'm yeah. like, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, so no, but I'm with reps that I wanted to be with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? I feel like I'm I'm where I wanted to be, but I didn't know that's where I wanted to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And like with your, I mean, I just want to go back for a second to your, um, how many, how, at this date, what are we now? It's June um, 21st, 2021. How many yeah. wives has your father had? <laughs> that's funny. And it's a summer solstice today um my dad has had uh six well okay this is this is interesting my dad has had six wives and the reason i i hesitate is because the fifth wife was with him for 20 years and i never went to a wedding but she had the wedding dress in my bedroom and she had my la dad's last name on some bills so i just say she's number five so six for my dad and then three my mom's married three times, but I don't talk to my mom anymore. Um, but yeah, that's the sitch. What uh, what happened with your mom? Do you do you even have oh. like? Is that too big of a story? Well, I can I can I think I can bring it down. Um, she's hilarious. I will say I think my my comedy comes from my mom. She's a hilarious person. She is mentally ill, and she they said um, she, she's bipolar, but. Um, and schizophrenic but at the time in the 80s it was manic depressive and schizophrenic mm -hmm. and you know she just was she didn't want to be she's not cut out to be a mom mm. the journey that I've been on is brought me here and so mm -hmm. I am thankful for that um but yeah it wasn't easy <laughs> I remember this one time <laughs> I remember this one time um I think I was four four or five 
And this was one of mom's boyfriends, not a husband, okay? And they lived in a farmhouse in Auburn, near Spring, outside of Springfield. And um, I remember being at a party with my mom. And I remember the cops coming and they were like hiding me. But I'm like thinking back, I'm like, oh, honey buns. Yeah. You know, she did the best she could. And I love her for that. And um, we, we split, we went our different ways because um, to be honest, I don't really know my, it was my sister's 21st birthday. I bought a round of beer for everybody. I'm sitting at a bar in Springfield. It's the only bar that you could smoke in at the time. So mom wanted to go there. She's a lifetime smoker. It's fine. It's cool. We're okay. Um, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm like sitting there with all the beers. And all of a sudden, my sister, who's seven years younger than me, we have different dads, but she's my sis. And she and she runs out past the, past the table and runs out the door. And then my mom comes running. And then this girl my mom brought comes running. And they all go out. So they were all kicked out. Okay. And I'm sitting there with the, all these beers. And they're like, you have to leave too. And I'm like, wait, what? And so... <laughs> And so I go out the bar and I guess it was a, it was a fight between my mom and my sister and this woman. And um, anyway, my mom kind of lumped me in that. Yeah. And then, and then that's kind of where everything stemmed from. And yeah. I'm like, wait, I, didn't, I just got beers for everybody. Yeah. I'm confused, yeah. you know? Um, and so that's where it started. And so my sister and I both don't talk with her anymore, yeah. but I'm, I always send, and I'm always like, I love you. I hope that you're fine. I hope everything yeah. is good. Yeah. But you got to look after yourself too. Like those kind of decisions can't be easy. No. Um, I mean, the one time my mom called, the last time I talked to her was 2010. And I kid you not, we hadn't talked for several years. She didn't say goodbye to me when I moved to LA. And the first thing out of her mouth, I'm moving to LA to be in commercials with you. That was what she said to me. And I'm like, oh, hi, mom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but so, she's. Yeah. I mean, like one of the most eclectic family situations that I've ever heard of, Emily. But how do you think that? Um, how do you think that informs your your career and your choices as a comedian? Oh, like not everybody has that kind of structure from their family. Just so you know. <laughs> really? Yeah, I want you to be real, real understanding of this. You know what? I, I think it's given me perspective of just because things aren't perfect doesn't mean you can't come out of it. Um, and I'm a big advocate of if you had a rough childhood doesn't mean you have to be an asshole now. I'm sorry that it really gets to my heart because I'm like, we can throw down. You want to throw down on a childhood? Let's do it. But that doesn't mean you have to be mean to people because of what happened to you in the past. And I think that is the main thing that I've learned. And I'm thankful that I've learned that. I don't know if I would have if I had a different family. Upbringing, mm. so, yeah. Did that take you a while? Did it take you a while to be like, oh, no, I can either take this path or this path? Yeah, I get because I always say if my dad because my dad got me when I was 12 because my mom left us at the babysitters. She skipped out of town. Okay. okay. Yes, you do. You know, as, as you, you do. do. No. Um. <laughs> so, you know, as you don't do, I'm just saying that that was rare. Not everybody has that happen to them. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, my dad got me when I was 12 and I do say, and Claire, my dad's fourth wife. So she, I would say she's the one that took initiative with me because I couldn't read at the time. And like, she's the one that 12, took, you couldn't read. No, I was in special reading and I was oh. getting F's. And then I moved with my dad and I'm like on the honor roll, like I'm straight A's. Like it was, it was a crazy dynamic that happened within wow. a year. But I told, I tell people if I had stayed with my mom, I probably would 
be a, a prostitute and I would probably, and I, and I'm not, I mean, that's a perfect, if you can do it, do it, right? It's, there's nothing wrong with that. I just would have taken another path of finding money any way I could and not caring who gets hurt in the, in the path. Mm. And I, I took the other route. I think. Yeah. yeah. Like when you say you took the other route, so did you, at 12, uh, was that a choice that you made? Like I need to go and live with my pops? Oh, well, my mom had left us several places. <laughs> so I had to, I was, whenever she would leave us places, my grandparents, uh, my mom's pa- parents would come and get us. Um, and I love my mimi and papa. And, um, and then my dad would come get me from their house. And that had been happening multiple times. So by the time that the mm. last time happened, my dad was like, we're, I'm, I'm going to take custody. But in the 80s, it was really hard for him to get custody. He had been, I, I hear he'd been trying to get custody since I was little, um, but he couldn't until I, it finally happened where it's like, she keeps leaving these kids places. We should maybe put her, them with the parent that will be here. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, it, I mean, it, yeah. And it just happened. Like once I started having, once I could read better and like, I was just off and running. I was like, yeah. oh, well, I know where I'm going. You guys could come, but you don't have to. I got this, you know? Right, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you were like a grizzly curmudgeon, I'd be like, I get it. You're, you know mm. what I mean? But you, uh, you've got some great survival techniques. Oh, well, that's, I mean, thank you. I've never, I never realized that, but. I think it's just because since I was little, I knew mom wasn't all there. You know what I mean? Love and light, love and light. But yeah. Yeah. And so I think I just, from a young age, I was like, pull up your bootstraps. Let's do this. You yeah. know? <laughs> so, yeah. 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 But I'm like, who, who were your cheerleaders along the way? Who were your cheerleaders mm. that were like, let me hand you those bootstraps. Cause it obviously, you know, it wasn't your mom and uh, your dad seems to be. Wasn't my dad either. Yeah. yeah poor thing. I mean, I guess it was Claire in her, in the way that she could, Mm -hmm. but I mean, she's, you know, from the central Illinois, like she didn't want me to, to leave. I mean, I think she's glad that I did, but she, you know, she wanted me to be secure, get a, get a job, be secure. Um, So I don't know, to be honest, it's not like I had somebody like, oh, you're going to, you're, they still don't know what I do. I mean, they still don't understand. (laughs) It's like, after all these years okay every time you know i know my daughter works at saturday night live like nope second city pop second city real real big (laughs) so funny yeah Yeah, you get it yeah but that's it i mean i'm in awe of you i think that like it does take a lot of inner strength to find your your way like when you have a whole bunch of people around you that are saying like i don't i don't know if you're gonna make it yeah oh yeah oh yeah I still think I still think they because I just went home and my aunts they didn't realize I was still auditioning and then I'm like I don't have anything running right now where they can see it right and so they don't realize I auditioned for tv and like they don't they have no idea they're like oh well we hope you get something you know (laughs) like (laughs) yeah Yeah. and so like folks that like you know there's a lot of people in uh, in the world not just our industry that are like doing the things they do to um make their parents proud and I don't think that's that's on your um objective list why why are you doing it why are you doing these things why are you doing these things (laughs) that's a good question what what Um, is I guess another way of saying it is like what motivates you 
I, I guess there is a, there is a sense of because they don't get it. I want to be bigger than I want to be a household name just be, so they, they're like, Oh yeah, that's M. Right. So I guess there is, there is a sense of, I would love for them to be proud. Um, I just have always thought I was going to do this. I don't know when you, Mm -hmm. when you say that, that's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's sometimes I have to stop myself and be like, what's, what's propelling me? What's like keeping me going? Cause sometimes it's like, you know, you get into a rhythm, you, oh, an audition comes in, you memorize the lines, you do the thing and you're sort of ticking boxes and you don't stop long enough to go, why am I doing this? What's the point of creating? What's the point of, uh, you know, and I, I mean, I think we kind of spoke about it before about like, sharing and telling stories and and healing people's comedy and all those things I think those kind of motivate me yeah I agree yeah me too yeah um it's such a wild you have such a wild life I mean I always knew it was wild and now I was like when we were about getting ready to talk I was like I need to know some details there because there's some like big pockets in my knowledge of your past life that I do not know about (laughs) oh that's funny yeah, I don't really think about it until people ask me and I'm like, oh, okay, here it is. Yeah. Here's a story. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like at, at any point, like you said that you just always known you wanted to be an actor. Was there any time that you doubted it? Was there any time that you're like, oh, I'm going to, because there's a, you know, my, I had this horrible acting teacher uh, that said to me that if you ever doubt that you should be an actor, then you should quit. And I remember going like, oh my God, I doubt it all the time. What am I, what am I doing? But I actually think the opposite. Like if you don't challenge your path, you, you know, I think you have to challenge your path. Like make sure that you're still on the track you want to be on. Was there ever a time that you were like, maybe I'm going to not do this? No, there's never been a time. No, there's never been a time that, but I will have the fantasy because I'm an EA. I can I can go get a job and yeah. make good money. And so there have been times when I get real frustrated. Like if I don't, if I don't book that thing, right. That they're looking for a funny red end. I'm like, are you crazy? Right. Why didn't you book me? Um, and I will be like, you know what? I'm just going to go get an EA job. I'm just going to go get an EA job. You know, like, yeah. Hey, you Hollywood, you know, <laughs> I'll show you. I'll become an accountant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, so that could you do sometimes. that? Could you ever really do that though? Wouldn't you just be miserable? Yeah, I would. I, oh my I gosh, don't please don't I ever do that to the rest of us. We need okay. you. <laughs> if you ever find yourself like, you know, like leaving your agent and thinking, I'm going to become an EA, you call me up and I'll, I'll we'll have a real heart to heart about that one. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, I, I, you know, I know you know this. It's just like, I think that's the key is just going in being like, man, I want to get on as many things as I can. So people can have fun, laugh, feel again, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what is the main driver. Mm-hmm. Of it, yeah. Which is also kind of interesting because it, um, it means that, you know, you're funny. Like, you know, you have something to offer. It's not like, you know, like we all have like dips yeah. in the faith of our art, but yeah. uh, it's nice to know that like, when people have that, give you that opportunity, you're like, yeah, I got something to give you. <laughs> I, well, and I think that a lot of people, you know, in their family, like trying to make peace because it was so chaotic. I think 
me bringing, you know, <laughs> making mom laugh while she's yeah. microwaving those fries, you know, like, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think it was, it was always in, ingrained in me, but um, mm -hmm. now looking back, because like I said, my mom is hilarious. I think I just, I grew and she didn't know it's not that she was trying to be funny. She just was a funny person. Right. And so I think that's, I just kind of got it from her, to be honest. I think, yeah. you know, the lightness, the, oh, okay. You know, um, cause she has that feel, she has that feel too. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the challenges that your mom brought to your life, that's also pretty, like, that's a pretty big gift. I know. And that's why I'm like my mom. I love my mom. I would never want a, a different mom. She's great. She just wasn't a mom, but yeah. she showed me how she showed, she gave me the tools that I needed to succeed in what we're, what I'm doing. So was there a time in your early stages of your career that you were on stage or you were like, and you just were like, oh, I'm owning this, this power of comedy right now. I think, I think it was, <clears throat> excuse me. I think it was in college because I, I did perform in high school. I was a jester and madrigals and everything. And so I knew that. Of course I was. I mean, hello, yeah. playing the flute too. So yeah. it, was, it was a combo. It was a combo act. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think in college, um, Jane Brody, um, she was. Uh, I was so lucky to be able to study with her. And she remembered. I remember her saying, "You have to go to Second City in Chicago. Um, you're the funny girl. You know, take it." And and I and it's similar to you. It's like I I got there and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be." Yeah. Um, and even though I'm not, because I have done some stand up, I'm not the uh, one, two, three joke, you know. No. Um, <laughs> I just, my brain doesn't work that way. But I do think that there's something innately in me that is trash, just finds the funny, yeah. not meaning to, it just isn't a talent, I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, also, like what you said, like you grow up in a household that might not be the most ideal, you're going to have survival instincts. Yeah. And either, like, you're so, but it's so cool because. Sometimes, you know, from, from experience and history, survival instincts could go into like addictions or like self-destructive things, but you took the path of comedy to survive. Like yeah. that's, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> so oh. true. Um, all right, we're gonna do a little wrap up. So I always turn the tables and you can ask me a question. Yeah. What do you got? I mean, I would, I would say, when is the time that you, what is the time in your life that you thought, I, this is what I'm going to do. Comedy is what is my talent. And this is what I want to do. When was that? Do you remember? Yeah, I think there were two, there were two steps. Like one was when I decided like to go to theater school and not pursue like a general arts degree at university, um, which was, uh, which, which was a leap of faith to an extent. But then as soon as I went to theater school, I'm like, oh, this, I'm, I'm home. I don't need to think about anything else. And then the other part was when I auditioned for Second City. And as soon as I auditioned and I, I got that, I was like, oh, I, I don't need to do anything else other than like comedy because it just made so much sense to me. And it was like my people. I go to Second City and be like, you know, like Cameron O'Hara, John Candy's are on the, John Candy, yeah. John Candy's on the wall. Like there's like my heroes. Yeah. Um, and suddenly like appearing in Twelfth Night at a Shakespeare festival seemed really unnecessary for me. I'm not saying it's unnecessary for everybody because I know like I've seen Shakespeare. My, one of my best friends, Naomi Wright, is easily one of the most beautiful 
Shakespearean actors you've ever seen. And it rocks her world and it rocks my world to watch her. Yeah. Not, not, not my jam. Yeah. 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 All right. Let me wrap it up with some firecracker wrap up questions. Oh, if okay. we're on like um, the tonight show, it'd be like firecracker wrap up questions, but here we okay. go. Okay. Fill in the blank. <laughs> to me, a firecracker is. Uh, a spark. Yeah. Right. Okay. You got okay. that one right. Uh, oh, what do you want to, <laughs> what do you want to be best known for? Uh, making people laugh. Yes. Yeah. And if this was a movie, uh, your life, if it was a movie, what was the turning point, like the climactic moment that changed your life forever? Babe, babe George, yes. Sean George, yeah, yeah, my husband. He's pretty extraordinary. I'm really <laughs> glad that he got brought up in this discussion because I do feel like he's, you two are a really beautiful team. I know he directs and produces and like, he's just in your corner, right? Yeah, I'm so. But thankful. then again, he's also like in my corner because I know you. Oh. Like that's oh. the kind, that's the joy of Babe George. I love that yeah. we all call him Babe too. But <laughs> if you know Emily, if Emily gives like you the okay, then you've got Babe and your team as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he loves you. Oh gosh, him. he <laughs> he loves you. Let um, me ask you a sidebar question. When did you know? When did you meet Babe and be like, oh, we we will be together forever? I was doing my show. The name is Where Are You, Greg? And I don't know if I've told you, the reason it's Greg is um, my friend is psychic and she kept seeing, she's like, I really think your soulmate's coming and he's a male and his name starts with a G. And she said, George. And I said, well, it's not George because my my ex-stepfather, who's Mindy's dad, is named George. And I was like, it's not gonna be George. And um, we're like, Greg, we'll do Greg. His last name is George, Sean George. So he came to all three of my shows at Second City um and I remember he held my my bag with all my stuff in it after the show we weren't even dating yet he held his little pink bag and um we went on a date on Halloween and I have to say I was going into it being like okay you're a funny guy I fall for this every time I'm not gonna do it this time and we went out on our date and it's like I just knew I was like Mm. oh shit this is this is I mean I was like oh this is amazing but I was like ready for this right now like (laughs) but yeah but also because you've been dating women I have been dating women for a a while and then I had the shit show that that came into the play with the where are you Greg that made that happen and so I was not in a place of like oh I'm gonna meet my partner right but we just we just clicked and yeah yeah it just worked out I'm so thankful that whoever God whoever brought him that's like thank you so much he's great Yeah. What do you think? What do you think is the, the best quality that he brings out in you? Believing in myself because he believes in me and I just believe in myself and um, having him believe in me helps mm-hmm. keep me going. Yeah. Yeah. Girl, oh, you get I haven't now slept a lot. Okay. okay. I haven't slept. Okay. Let's keep going. Here's another question. What's something that people don't know about you, Em? Oh, I love Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but people probably know that. Um, no, that's okay. I, don't, I didn't know that. But now I know what I'm getting you for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what's your best mistake? And what did you learn from it? Mm. My best mistake, I think, would be when I moved to LA, 
Um, I did Dolores Dogan at UCB and Mosaic, who Will Ferrell's with Mosaic, right? And so a girl from Mosaic um, saw me and she was kind of, I don't, they say hip hop but she wasn't, I wasn't going on auditions or anything, but she was, you know, coming to my shows and stuff. And it didn't work out. Um, and at the time I was like, oh God, I had the biggest, the biggest management company, but I was so green. I was only like, I just moved here. Right. And I did it. You see like everything was lining up and it, nothing came of it at that point. I think it will. I, I think everything happens for a reason, but I learned that like you keep going, no matter if you have everything lined up and it doesn't seem to work out in mm -hmm. quotes, you don't know. And so you got to keep going if you believe that this is what you're supposed to do. And I think that was, was that a mistake? I don't even know. Is that? Yeah. I mean, I don't really think mistakes exist because if you learn from them, then yeah. they're, it's, it's a gift, right? So That's true. Um, That's true. Yeah. All right. What's something that you haven't done, but you know you have to do? Write a book. Yes. What would your book be about? I'm, I'm investing. What, how, where do I sign up? What's the book about? I don't, I, I think it's about my childhood. I, uh, and I say that because I don't really see myself as a writer, but um, I think it's about my childhood and, and just to be like, hey, peeps, look at this shit show. And I got through it. I don't know if this is going to mean anything to anybody, but the one thing that really gets my heart every single time is my mom. So I must have been 10 or 11 and I was riding my bike home because I would walk to school and stuff by myself. And now thinking about it, I'm like, I would never let my child do that. Right. Um, anyway, I was riding home and she was waiting outside for me. And I just remember she'd never done that. Um, and she didn't really, I didn't have a lot of attention. And so doing that just really just warms my heart. And I remember thinking, Oh God, mom does love me or you know what I mean? So I don't even know if that's the answer to the question, but when somebody asks that, that's the one moment that I just always remember is mom mm -hmm. waiting for me outside. Oh. Yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> what, uh, who's a firecracker in your world? This is a tricky question. So a firecracker in your world that we can shine a little light on, but you can only have like one person, maybe two, because it's hard. We start talking about firecracker people and you're like, oh man, I have so many, so many, so many firecrackers. Who's somebody that you want to shine a light on? My good friend, Erica Kreutz. Tell me. She is amazing. I love her so much. And I'm in awe of her because we met on a Walmart shoot. We were doing a commercial. I was the elf, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and she was the shopper. And it never aired, but that's no big deal. But we, were, we met on set. And I just feel that... I don't know. I just have such a warm feeling for her and I love her. And she has two boys and I don't know how she does it. And her husband is great too, but I don't know. And I don't know how she has kids. She's a photographer. She's an amazing photographer and she's an actor too. Right. So she's mm -hmm. auditioning with all of us and everything. And I'm just in awe of her and how she keeps going. Cause I, she, her keeps, by her keeping going, it keeps me going. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, Erica's doing it. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And finally, what's the advice? What's the advice you would have given to your younger Emily? Girl, you got this. Oh, Lordy B. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're just fantastic. My cheeks hurt. Like I knew I just, I always, 
I just love you so much, Emily Churchill. I love like what you bring to my life. I love what you bring to the firecracker department. Like you bring such a level of authenticity and curiosity and heart like to every meeting, but also you don't take it all too seriously because you know what I mean? Like, I know what we're doing is really important. I know you think so too. And if we're having fun along the way, then we're doing something wrong. And I know you feel that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I thank you for doing for creating firecracker department because you're, you're putting all of these awesome people together. You're connecting us. And it's just such an amazing thing that I don't know. I don't know where I'd be without it and without you. So thank you so much. Thank you. But just, you know what though? Like, I was thinking the other day, like, it's, it's a, it's a belief. Like I might've said, like, here's this thing. I don't even know what the allegory, but here's the thing you believe in it. So I don't have to constantly be like, are you still believing in firecracker? (laughs) You're just on the ride. And I know you're, you're in my corner. So we're going to, we're going to do amazing things because we both have the same beliefs. I'm not having to fuel the fire any longer, which is, um, I think that's super key. I'll love you. I love, love you, you so much. <laughs> I love you, girl. Thank you so uh, much. Thank you. Now you can follow Emily at M Churchill at E M Churchill, as well as at Let's Heal This Shit on Instagram. And honestly, if you are in need of some workshops with Emily around healing and around the moon and everything to do with that world, go check out her website www.letshealthisshit.com and you know you can always find her on our Instagram at firecrackerdpt because the first Sunday of every month she does a meditation on our Instagram live and you can actually participate in that and also that's up of course so if you can't be there for the live meditation you can catch up later check out our feed as well as M's at Let's Heal This Shit for past meditations as well as the sign up for future workshops or pop-up events like the last full moon workshop that we did which was so fun and so great you can find Friends on a Bench at friendsonabench.com and the film we are starring in Stark Raving Actress you can find at realwomensnetwork.com slash Emily Churchill. You can check out her voiceover and on-camera material at emilychurchill.com slash real and subscribe to our newsletter for wellness department meditation and event updates because you know we've got more coming your way. So if you want to get involved, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter. That's where the first round of information comes out. Because for folks that subscribe to our newsletter, you're the first to know about all these events, all these meditations, all these moon workshops, everything you will know first. So get on that at firecrackerdepartment.com. That's it for me. I hope you're doing something that you love with somebody you love and that you're laughing and having a good summer. And if you're having some tough times, hang in there. It gets better. Tomorrow's another day. Do something today that just makes you feel good, even if it's like, I don't know, going for a walk or calling that friend or doing some art. Do something that makes you feel good or reach out to a fellow firecracker. We got you. Thanks so much for putting us in your ear holes, everybody. See you next time on the firecracker department. Winnie Wong is our firecracker head producer. Follow her at wonder underscore Wong on Instagram and wonder underscore Wong eight on Twitter. Sydney Nielsen is our co-producer and head editor. You can follow them at Sydney underscore Nielsen, Sydney like Australia, Nielsen like milk. This episode was edited by Jennifer Rowley. 
The rest of the team comes at you from Toronto, Los Angeles, Austin, London, Dubai, and truly from all over the world. Get into the full Firecracker Department core team at firecrackerdepartment.com slash about because we're always updating and we're always growing. Stay tuned to our newsletter for advanced updates on our monthly meditations, upcoming mentorship workshops, live script department readings, festival partnerships, weekly writing workouts, and dates for 2021, and so much more. There's lots going on in Firecracker Department. Now, whether you're a first-time or a long-time listener to the Firecracker Department, we always, always want to hear from you. We love hearing what quotes, the specifics, the nuances of things that stuck with you. We mean it. We really do. And we respond to every single thing that comes our way. If it gives your brain goosebumps or it piques your curiosity or makes you want to stop and write something down, send it back to us or our Firecracker guest or both. I mean, everybody likes to know that when they put something out into the world, that it resonates. And if it sparks something in you, use that creativity to take some creative action. Share it because it just reverberates, you know? If you see somebody being creative, that might spark somebody else's creativity. So pay it forward. Thanks also to Jeff Malutinovic and Igor Korea for our theme music. And thanks to you. Yeah, you. Sitting there, driving there, walking there, working out there and taking time to listen. We know there's a lot of options out there and we really appreciate you choosing us. We hope to see you at maybe brunch, maybe the writing workshop. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Firecracker Department. We'll see you next time.